0: Greetings, grace, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to our online worship service. Even though we are separated physically one to another, we are united through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ as we offer our praises and prayers to the Lord. Just a few announcements in our continuing life as a church. Next Sunday, July 26, beginning at 9 a.m. at the lower parking lot near the preschool is Christmas in July. We partnered with San Diego Rescue Mission to, to collect your household, household goods, clothes, shoes, furniture, to help out homeless individuals and families in need. And so visit our church website, villagechurch.org to see a complete list of those items that you could bring next week. Next month, On the 23rd of August, we're partnering with the American Red Cross for a blood drive. Beginning at 8 a.m., come to the lower parking lot near the the preschool to donate blood to help replenish this region and the nation's blood supply during this time of need. Sign up to reserve. Your space will begin next week. Do continue to pray for Pastor Jack and Helen as they conclude their time away on vacation. Pastor Jan will be on vacation beginning tomorrow as will I, and so do pray for us and our families as we begin this time of rest. Do send in your prayer requests and prayers of thanksgiving through the church's website, villagechurch.org, or email those directly to Pastor Jack at his email, jackb.villagechurch.org. Do continue to support the ministries of the church through your giving, through contributing of your tithes and offerings. Send those Either by the church giving portal at villagechurch.org or send it by postal mail to the church address, Box 704, Rancho Santa Fe, 92067. This Sunday, we are pleased to welcome Donnie D., who heads San Diego Rescue Mission, as he'll share with us about San Diego Rescue Mission through our Moment for Mission.
1: Hey there, Village Church. One of our most important and faithful church partners. Just glad to be with you here uh, on this little video call and uh, wanted to say thanks for all you do here at the mission and give you a quick little update on what's going on. I hope that you all are staying healthy and strong. Um, special shout out to Reverend Baca and Reverend Farley. We sure love you guys and are so thankful for what you do standing with us down here at the San Diego rescue mission. Uh, our world's been turned upside down. Hasn't it? I know for us, um, uh, March 13th, we had to make some radical decisions here at the mission about how we were going to do things. And so we put all of our students in quarantine, about 200. We shut down our thrift stores. Uh, We said no more students here for a little while. We wouldn't be admitting any new students, uh, no volunteers and no tours. And that has radically changed the way we do things. I remember driving home at the end of that day after we made all those decisions and my heart was just heavy and my stomach was turning thinking about what's the outcome here? How do we get through this? Well, the Lord reminded me to just be faithful. He tells us in his word, Deuteronomy 7, 9, that he's been faithful for a thousand generations. And what he expects of me and what he expects of you in the midst of this pandemic is to be faithful. So I've been trying to be faithful like you all. And I can report that uh, in the last three and a half months, we've had no COVID cases among our students. Hadn't had to lay anybody off. Uh, we've uh, seen God exceed our needs financially. Uh, we sold a warehouse, bought a warehouse. We've re uh, modeled the, the building that we're in, done some of that work, and we have uh, just uh, seen God really do some amazing things. And I'm just really in awe of all that God has done these last three and a half months. I never would have planned it, never would have expected it. And it's just really, really been cool and wanted you to know that. I also know that part of what's encouraged me is that there's this whole community of people out there that really believe in what we do here at the Standing Diego Rescue Mission. And at the front of that line is the Village Church. Know that we love you, we're thankful for you, and couldn't do what we do down here without you. And I look forward to seeing you around the building and around the mission sometime soon. And by the way, thanks for what you're doing with uh, Christmas in July. We sure appreciate that continued support. Lord bless you all.
0: Let us hear and receive these words from Holy Scripture as the Spirit of Jesus Christ prepare us for holy worship. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty doings of the Lord, or declare all his praise? Happy are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Friends, let us worship the living God.
2: Beyond good intentions means that no matter how our intentions are meant to be good, we fail because there's sin in our lives. Let us take a moment to center ourselves and acknowledge where we went wrong and recommit ourselves to the grace of God in our lives, knowing that Christ forgives us of our sin. Will you please pray with me? Awesome and compassionate God, you have loved us with an unfailing, self-giving mercy, but we have not loved you. You constantly call us, but we do not listen. You ask us to love, but we walk away from neighbors in need, wrapped in our own concerns. We condone evil, prejudice, warfare, and greed. God of grace, as you come to us in mercy, We repent in spirit and in truth, admit our sin, and gratefully receive your forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Will you now please join me as we ourselves hear that we are assured of God's forgiveness. Hear the good news. God has entrusted to his church the message of reconciliation in and through Jesus Christ. Know that God, by his life-giving word and spirit, has conquered the powers of sin and death, and therefore also of irreconciliation and hatred, bitterness and enmity, that God's life-giving world and spirit will enable the church to live in new obedience which can open new possibilities of life for society and the world. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters in Christ, may the peace of Christ be with you. We are forgiven people, filled afresh with the peace that is given to us through God's Son. Let us share that peace together, whether you do it with a text, a phone call, or with the person next to you. Share that peace of Christ with one another. Amen.
3: i in, and on to the crashing waves, to step out of my comfort zone, to the realm of the unknown, where Jesus is, and he's holding out his hand, with the waves calling out my name, and they laugh at me, reminding me of all the times I've tried before and Waves that keep on telling me time and time again, boy, you'll never win. You'll never win. But the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says do not be afraid. And the voice of truth says this is for my glory. of all the voices calling out to me i will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth oh what i would do to have the kind of strength it takes to stand before a giant just a sling and a stone. Surrounded by the sound of a thousand warriors shaking in their armor, wishing they'd have had the strength to stare. But the giant's calling out my name, and he laughs at me, reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed. The giant keeps on telling me time and time again boy you'll never win you'll never win but the voice of truth tells me a different story the voice of truth says do not be afraid and the voice of truth says this is for i will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth but the stone was just the right size to put the giant on the ground and the waves they don't seem so high from the top of them looking down i was soar with the wings of eagles when i stop and listen to the sound of jesus singing be afraid and the voice of truth says this is for my glory out of all the voices calling out to me i will choose to listen and believe i will choose to listen and believe the voice
4: Good morning, Kids Village. I hope that you are all having a fun and safe summer. Our family has been spending a lot of time at the beach, so I hope that you were all able to get out and do something fun and enjoy this awesome weather that we've been having. This morning, we're going to continue our conversation on your word for this month of July, which is faith. Again, faith means that we believe in something that we cannot see. And as Christians, we believe in Jesus, even though we can't physically see him here today. We believe in the things that he did and the things that he said when he lived here on this earth, and we also believe that he commands us to live out our faith here today. This morning, I'm going to read your memory verse, and I hope that you were all able to practice this at home with your families. I'm going to read your verse from my Bible that I have here at home, and it comes from Ephesians 2:8. Your verse says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast. It's important for us to remember as Christians that we don't receive God's grace because of all the good things that we do. It's important for us to do good things and to show love to others and to help them. But God tells us that that's not how we receive his grace. We receive it by believing in him and having faith in him. As Christians, we believe that if, when we accept God into our hearts, that he works through us to change us and to also show his love to other people. Our challenge for you all this morning is to think of a way where you can show God's love to someone else in your neighborhood or maybe in your family, and that that is a way of you expressing your faith and saying to God, okay, God, I believe in you, and I want to show that by living that out for the people who are in my life. We want you all to be reminded that God loves you so much, and he has such an awesome plan for your life. This is such a challenging time and the message of hope and love that God gives us is just the one that we all need to hear. We miss seeing all of you and we'll talk with you soon. Bye-bye.
3: back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory the king above all kings who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the king of glory the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That You would take my place. That You would bear my cross. You laid down Your life. That I would. king who conquered the grave, worthy and is
5: the, the Lamb
3: who was slain. Worthy is the King, king conquered who conquered
5: the grave,
3: worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, all oh, this, this is amazing grace. grace. This, this is. That you would pray
2: But God who knows all our thoughts, our concerns, and our fears, as spoken about in Psalm 139. God also hears us and answers us. Will you please join me in prayer? I will lead in a pastoral prayer, and then we will finish praying together the Lord's Prayer. Let's us pray. Gracious God, you are our refuge. Do not allow us to be shaken Preserve us in the midst of the current circumstances filled with uncertainty and continued cry for justice. You are infinitely good and are our only hope. You call us by name and you call us for good. We are stumbling, though, Lord. As the bride of Christ, we are too often silent to injustices and to the hope of the gospel. We are often more vocal in our political and tribal alliances. We are active in defending our own name, but negligent in lifting up yours. Lord of Lords, comfort your people. Restore us to care for any in the world who would hurt. Give us voice to speak against those who would harm a person because they are different, whether they're race, ethnicity, economic status, or religion. Lead us to stand for justice in a way that reflects your justice, compassion, and peace. Let us rage against evil, but do no harm to anyone. Teach us to speak with ferocity, the way Jesus did when he saw the injustices. Help us know your word and share it. Equip us to teach the gospel of Christ's love, compassion, and truth as a call to reconciliation. Help us to live the claim of your truth that there is no Jew nor Greek, no male nor female, no citizen or foreigner, neither rich nor poor. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Heal hurting hearts as only you can, Father. Break these sinful strongholds in our hearts and culture and flood us with grace and forgiveness. O Lord, our Lord, infuse your spirit in those who have called to serve in our cities and towns, men and women commissioned to protect and to defend every citizen, whether those that support them or those who seek them harm. Protect them and comfort their families who know the risk. Raise up, Lord God, a generation of servants who know only the model of Christ in serving others. Our healer, Jesus, be with those who suffer infirmities. We cry out to you, stop the virus, make this pandemic go away, give us a vaccine. We cry out and wait. Lord, give us comfort as well as perseverance to endure. Lord, pull this nation and the nations of the world together in unity to fight this coronavirus and not to fight one another. Help our leaders come together, no longer gesticulating with hands and arms flailing, accusing others of the problem, and pointing fingers at each other. Let us instead put our hands together, left to right, and pray. We ask in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread,
6: Let us begin our time in the scriptures with a prayer for illumination. Please join me in prayer. O Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Give us grace to receive your truth in faith and love and strength, to follow on the path you set before us through Jesus Christ, amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, The priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came to them much annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming that in Jesus there is the resurrection of the dead. So they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word believed, and they numbered about 5,000. The next day their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. When they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are questioned today, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus. When they saw the man who had been cured standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. So they ordered them to leave the council while they discussed the matter with one another. They said, What will we do with them? For it is obvious to all who live in Jerusalem that a notable sign has been done through them. We cannot deny it. But to keep it from spreading further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them whether it is right in God's sight to listen to you rather than to God you must judge for we cannot keep from speaking about what we have seen and heard after threatening them again they let them go finding no way to punish them because of the people for all of them praised God for what had happened for the man on whom this sign of healing had been performed was more and 40 years old the word of the lord
0: friends will you join me in prayer lord may the words of my mouth and meditations and thoughts of our hearts be acceptable to you o lord our strength and our redeemer for it is in jesus christ we pray amen this summer we pastors have been preaching through a sermon series titled life in the time Of coronavirus. These sermons and the scripture texts connecting us to during this time of pandemic, coronavirus, and racial injustice, those ills of society, of culture, and that in our hearts that affects body, mind, and spirit. As we look to God, as we look to our Savior, as we look to all of the blessed gifts that God has provided for us to live as human beings created in the image of God, redeemed in Jesus Christ. How are we to love God? How are we to love neighbor? How are we to love community? Today, our focus is on when we admit and embrace the truth. The truth. During this time, we long for truth. We always want truth. We want to be truthful. We want others to be truthful what they say, how they present themselves, we want truth. Truth helps us to comport of how we are to behave, how we are to live. Truth about the coronavirus, about the true extent of of mortality rates, the truth about risk, the truth about wearing masks, about physical distancing. Whether it's okay to go out and to hang out with our loved ones, with our friends, and with our neighbors. We want truth about racial justice, racial injustice, those places and spaces in our national and community life where we need to come to truth, come to terms, reckon with a hard truth. We want the truth about schools, about whether our schools will reopen. As a parent, I want the truth about whether it will be hybrid instruction, whether it will be fully online, whether there will be an athletic season. And with that truth, we could comport and schedule our lives accordingly. We want truth from our doctors, the hard truth about our health so that we can know what type of medicines, what type of treatment plan is needed. We need truth so that truly we can be free Free to act appropriately, accordingly. Truth is needed. We need truth to check us, to be checked by truth. Truth sometimes is tough for students among us, for college students who are going to be applying for college and universities, truth of what SAT and ACT results tell you. Sometimes it's a hard truth. Sometimes it's a good truth, but truth sets us free. In the biblical context, the text which which we have just heard and which which was read from the Acts of the Apostles, as the early church was grappling with the truth of Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior who is physically, has departed from them and through whom the Holy Spirit has been given, They're proclaiming the truth, the truth about who Jesus is, the truth about the claims that Jesus made, that he's a son of God, that he's a son of man, that he is the unique and distinct Lord and Savior. But the disciples and the apostles, as they were proclaiming, as they were living out the truth, they came to discover, as I hope and pray that you and I have come to discover again and again, the truth is not so much a body of dogma and doctrine. Certainly, doctrine and dogma are important. We are Presbyterian, after all. We care about confession. We care about the text of Scripture. We care about creeds and declarations of faith. We care about theological truths. But the early apostles and Succeeding generations, believers in every time and in every place, have come to realize that the truth is, it about, is about the living person of Jesus. We encounter in our text today the apostles Peter and John can do no other but to proclaim in word and in deed the living Lord Jesus Christ. They encounter in the prior chapter, in Acts chapter 3, a crippled man who begs them to be healed, to be freed. And what this man is, this unnamed man is needing, is to hear the truth, is to receive the truth about his condition and about the Savior. The apostles proceed to proclaim the name of Jesus And this is one of those instances where God suspends science, where God suspends the usual laws of nature to bring healing. There's no particular medicines that we read about in this instance, but the name of Jesus heals this man. And this man is so amazed, as is with the crowds surrounding and bearing witness of this, that they follow Peter and John. And rather than having the praise go to themselves, they want to direct the people's attention to Jesus of Nazareth, the one who is risen, the one who was crucified, the one who was among them physically the one who is the Lord and savior. We find in the scriptures that it's the religious leaders who place their protest and opposition to this witness, for they fear that they're going to lose control, that if the apostles continue to proclaim Jesus Christ, that they can't control Jesus, that they'll lose face, that they'll lose themselves, that they'll lose power, that they'll lose the gatekeeping that they had of the truth. The 19th century Danish philosopher-theologian Søren Kierkegaard reminds us, quote, the truth, if it is there, is a being. It's a life. The truth is only Known when it becomes a life in me. Did you get that? Kierkegaard reminds us that the truth is a being. It's being. It is a condition of life. That truth is life. And we know from scriptures from John 14:6 when Jesus says about himself, I am the way, the truth. And the life. One biblical commentator says of that verse that what Jesus is saying there is that he is the way to true life, or he is the truth about the way we should live, he is the truth about life, that he is the living way and the living truth. The truth and Jesus' desire for us to be about truth, to receive truth, to tell the truth, is that it is because it is anchored in the one who is the truth, who is the very embodiment of truth. There is no lie in the living God. He is all about truth, for he is true in what he says and in what he does. But we have a heart issue, don't we? We don't embrace the truth. Even when the medical experts tell us wear masks, physically distance, we as human beings get tired, and we resist those guidance, those directives, those orders that somehow limiting our personal liberties and freedoms. Consider When we're told to do something, when we are confronted with a hard truth, we don't want to accept it. We try somehow to try to resist it. I just finished reading Malcolm Gladwell's and our book club, the WWF group, read Malcolm Gladwell's talking with strangers. And Malcolm Gladwell in his classical way, in his characteristic way, describes of how, when we are confronted with the truth, we want to believe the best about someone. He gives the example of Jerry Sandusky, that former head coach of Penn State University's football team. After decades of a storied career, when players and families were confronted with the truth that Jerry Sandusky was a pedophile. They couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe that hard truth because the person that they came to believe was a good coach, in fact, wasn't. Malcolm Gladwell counsels us that when we are confronted with someone, someone that perhaps we don't know, We want to believe the truth that is presented in front of us, not fully knowing the person or the people. Truth sometimes is hard, and we don't want to accept that truth often. Because of what that truth will mean, what that truth will require of us, to think differently perhaps, to reorder our lives in a different way than we expected, Consider the confession of faith, the prayer of confession that Pastor Jan guided us through and which we always confess every week. You and I prayed just a few minutes earlier, quote, awesome and compassionate God, you have loved us with unfailing self-giving mercy, but we have not loved you. You constantly call us, but we do not listen. You ask us to love, but we walk away from neighbors in need, wrapped in our own concerns. We condone evil, prejudice, warfare, and greed. God of grace, as you come to us in mercy, we repent in spirit and in truth. Admit our sin and gratefully receive your forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Remember those words? It was just a few minutes ago that we prayed those words. That if we were truthful and in, and sincere in praying and internalizing those words, that prayer, that's hard truth. To be confronted with that prayer of confession to say, well, God, on the one side, you love us. But yet we have not loved you. And perhaps some of you might say, well, wait a minute, Pastor Neil and Pastor Jan and Pastor Jack. But I do love God. So how can that be the prayer of confession? But think about it for a moment. Do we always love God 100%, 24-7? We make those lapses in, in judgment, those lapses in our faith. We don't always love God fully with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, as scripture calls us to. Or what about that part of the prayer confession you constantly call us, but we do not listen? That's a hard truth. Do you and I always listen to God, to to God's commandments, to his desires for our lives? Or this hard truth, you ask us to love, but we walk away from neighbors in need wrapped in our own concerns. That's a hard truth, to be confronted with a truth that says, well, wait a minute, we're so wrapped up in in our concerns that we oftentimes avoid those neighbors in need. And that's why we have partners like San Diego Rescue Mission or like the American Red Cross to remind us again and again that outside of our own concerns, out of our circle of life, that there are so many all around us who are in need. Or even that part of the prayer concern that says, or the prayer of confession that is, that says, we condone evil, prejudice, warfare, and greed. That's a hard truth. Some of you might be saying or feeling or thinking, well, wait a minute, Pastor Neil, Pastor Jan, Pastor Jack. I don't condone evil. I don't condone prejudice or or warfare or greed. But if you think about it, we do. We do condone prejudice. Racial bias. Prejudice against others. Against the other. Do we condone evil? Anytime and every time that we don't call others out on what ought not to be done. Warfare, do we offer a critical response to times in which there's war, conflict, or perhaps we turn aside when there is conflict in our families or among our neighbors because we don't don't want to get involved, but yet we are called to be a part of being peacemakers, agents of reconciliation. Are we about greed, as the prayer of confession says? Do we tend to hoard things? Do we tend to just be comforted and consoled in our blessings? And that's why we're called continually again and again to give of ourselves our time, our talent, and our treasure. You see, when we examine those spaces and places in our hearts, That's why we confess our sins every single day, and I hope we do. And at the same time, I hope again and again every single day we are reminded of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel, the good news, the person of Jesus is the good news. Jesus Christ is the antidote to those heart issues. Why? Because God tells us the truth and gives us the truth for we need it. God tells us the truth about ourselves, that we are created in the image of God, that we are in need of God's mercies, that we are in need of God when we have a tendency to walk away from God, walk away from the neighbor. God gives us the truth as it is. God shows us the truth of God's love. God's love is on full display. God shows us what the truth is of what humanity is, Right there on the cross, on full display, God shows us, displays for us the raw truth of what humanity is and capable of and of what his love is. Because right there on the cross, Jesus Christ, who is fully human, who is fully man and fully God, displayed right there, God tells us the truth about what humanity is is capable of and what humanity, in fact, did to Jesus Christ. Humanity lynched Jesus and hung him on a tree and abandoned him. Abandoned him in the wilderness. Humanity lynched a fellow human being. Humanity challenged the love of God right there on the cross. Humanity has a proclivity and tendency to hate, to exact violence, to cast aside God, to prefer the values of Caesar, the values of Pontius Pilate, to set aside mercy, and to set aside the values of the kingdom of God. That is the truth that was displayed. On the cross. At the same time, God displays and gives to us the other side of truth. That God so loved us that even with the raw truth of what humanity, of what we are capable of, and what we continue to do again and again against God and against one another, God chose, God gives his true love that reconciles, that redeems, that will not let us go as he pursues us with a love that transforms us into a new creation. Here is the truth. God loves, God heals, God saves. It's in holding those two truths, the truth that we are fully sinful and that we are fully redeemed all at the same time. Pastor Tim Keller put it this way, We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. And yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. Shortly after my family and I came here to join you, more than six years ago, one of the families of the church made this wooden cross. And on this cross is my one of my favorite verses of scripture Galatians 2:20 I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ lives in me and the life that I and the life that I live I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me There's the truth That is a truth that speaks to me and I hope to you so powerfully, so personally, and so transformatively. You and I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you and I live. But we live because Jesus Christ's life lives in us. God gave God's self in Jesus for the life of the world not so that we could hoard the blessing of God's love, but so that we can live that truth because the truth is a person, the person of Jesus and his truth that lives through the hands and feet and heart of you and me. What does that truth look like? What does the truth look like as the truth is lived out? Many years ago, before I joined you here at Village Church, I was moderator of the 220th General Assembly and led a delegation to visit the Middle East and had the occasion to visit Beirut, Lebanon and visit the Near East School of Theology. And their mission statement is to live out the truth of Jesus Christ as they train women and men in service the gospel of Jesus Christ. My friend George Sabra writes in the book titled Truth and Service as a Near East School of Theology understands its mission to live out the truth in service. Or my friend Laman Sana Center, or that is John Azuma, my friend, who leads the Laman Sana Center in Accra, Ghana. Whose mission is to bring together Christians and Muslims for mutual dialogue and common mission? That's what living out the truth looks like, bridging together differences to the glory of God. Or our siblings at the Utkiagvik Presbyterian Church in Barrow, Alaska, near the Arctic. The only community of faith in that town as they offer the love and life of Jesus in a community where there is so much substance abuse and domestic violence. That's what living out the truth looks like. Or the Yodogawa Christian Hospital in Osaka, Japan. In a country that has less than 3% Christians, the Yodogawa Christian Hospital offers ministries of compassion and mercy to children and their families or our partners in the united church of christ in the philippines as they offer a critical and urgent witness in a time in which the philippine government is wrecking havoc by arresting those who are advocating for human rights or I've joined here in Southern California, Asian American, Pacific Islander, Christian leaders in solidarity with black churches and black pastors, or here in our own community as we join together in living out the truth. In what ways are you your families, your neighbors, embracing the truth of Jesus Christ, sharing, living out the one who gave his life for your life and for the life of the world. Let us pray. Most gracious and loving Father, thank you for your truth, the truth that you give to us, that you offer to us in the one who is the way, the truth, and the life the same Jesus the Christ. Help us to live out that truth. Help us to live out the life of Jesus Christ who lives in us, that we would tell the truth, that we would live the truth, offering the love and life of Jesus with all that we meet. We pray these things in his name and all God's people say, Amen.
2: Will you please now join me for the affirmation of faith by reading together from the 1986 Belhar Confession. We believe that the church must therefore stand by people in any form of suffering and need, which implies, among other things, that the church must witness against and strive against any form of injustice so that justice may roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream that the church as a possession of god must stand where the lord stands namely against injustice and with the wrong that in following christ the church must witness against all the powerful and privileged who selfishly seek their own interest and thus control and harm others that in obedience to jesus christ its only head. The church is called to confess and to do all these things, even though the authorities and human laws might forbid them and punishment and suffering be the consequences. Jesus is Lord. To the one and only God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be the honor and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
0: as we conclude this worship, God tells us the truth about ourselves. God tells us the truth about who God is. God tells us the truth about how we are to live. It's summed up in the holy words of the prophet Micah. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God? Do likewise. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace both now and always. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. (laughs)